2: Starting in January of next year, cash bail will be eliminated in Illinois. That fact alone has generated a lot of high-decibel rhetoric and debate in political circles, but largely behind the scenes, a lot of people and organizations are working to ensure that the system works. One component that may not immediately come to mind is housing, but it is crucial, as you will hear. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Ending cash bail in Illinois does not mean everyone charged with a crime goes free while awaiting trial, but it does mean that many people mostly charged with nonviolent or drug-related offenses won't have to stay in jail just because they're too poor to post bail. But where do you go when you're free from custody? Well, home is the easy answer, but it may not be that simple. My guests this weekend can talk about the problems and the potential solutions. I am joined this weekend by Anissa Lamberth-Garrett, the Executive Director of the Chicago Low-Income Housing Trust Fund, That's a group that provides rental assistance to poor people. She's been at the Trust Fund since 2016 and worked for Chicago's Department of Planning and Development before that. And I am also joined by Amy Campanelli. She is the Vice President for Restorative Justice with the Lawndale Christian Legal Center. That's a community-based legal practice that focuses on helping juveniles and others. Ms. Campanelli was previously the Cook County Public Defender and has been an outspoken advocate for bail reform. We are conducting this interview via Zoom conferencing, and thanks to both of you for uh, for joining me. Uh, the uh, Chicago Low-Income Housing Trust Fund is partnering with Lawndale Christian Legal Center and the Bail Project to provide housing for people freed on bond. Anisa Lamberth Garrett, tell us uh, how that's going to work.
4: Yes, yes. Thank you, first of all, Craig, for having us on. Um, it's greatly appreciated important information. So how is this going to work? Well, the Chicago Low Income Housing Trust Fund, we're um, being committed to meeting families where they are. We are partnering with the Lawndale Christian Legal Center in the Bell Project to provide that necessary resource, and that is housing. Um, the way that it will work uh, is that um, the Lawndale Christian Legal Center and the Bell Project will identify uh, those individuals who are housing insecure, who are coming out uh, on reconnaissance bonds. Um, if they um, fall within the income limit, or what we refer to as 30% of area median income or below. Uh, and just to give you an idea of what that looks like, an individual uh, cannot make more than, um, I believe it's about uh, $21,900 a year. Uh, And if they have a family, because you could keep in mind, some of these individuals will come out with families that also need to be housed with them. Uh, We'll look at the income of everyone 18 years of age or older, and they cannot make more than $31,260. So logistically, what does that look like? Um, Again, uh, the Bell Project will identify the qualifying households. Uh, They will then make uh, a referral to the trust fund once that household has been matched with a uh, willing uh, and participating landlord. Uh, They can go anywhere in the city of Chicago. Uh, Our demographic is wide. We are currently representing like 55 of the 77 community areas. Uh, Once they've identified a landlord, that landlord and that family are referred to the Chicago Low Income Housing Trust Fund. Uh, We then send out the landlord because we're a property-based program. Uh, We've sent information to the landlord about the program and what its requirements would entail. If they're interested, then they will complete an application and that application then gets vetted by our staff. And some of the things um, that we are looking for, uh, particularly are, is the property viable because we want to make sure that families are going into stable housing, right? Um, You know, have you, Paid your taxes? Are you at risk of foreclosure? Uh, You know, it's not optically doesn't look well if we're giving money to landlords who are indebted to the city in any kind of way. So we want to make sure that we're vetting them uh, in that regard. Uh, Most importantly, we want to make sure that the households that we identify, they're safe, they're decent, they're sanitary. So we have very strict inspection protocol. And so we'll go into the property and we'll make sure that, you know, indeed they are habitable. Um, If they are, uh, we present that application to our 15 member board of directors uh, who will approve it, um, submit an agreement, and then the property owners are free to rent to that household. Um, I know that was a lot, but um, we wanna make sure that the properties that we are connecting these families with are indeed uh, uh, very viable and stable properties. So that's kind of what that partnership looks like.
2: And just quickly to add on to there, the, my understanding is that also there is some uh, rental assistance that goes along with that too, right? You're yeah,
4: yeah. So what we do is um, we fill that gap uh, between what the market rent is for a unit and what that family can afford. And there's a formula for that uh, if their income is at 30% or below the area median income.
2: And now, Amy Campanelli, uh, your organization is one of the ones that deals with the clients on the, on the beginning end of this. People may not think of how housing can play such a big role in making uh, bail reform effective. How, how, why is this such an important component?
3: Well, let me just go back just a little bit, Craig. So we entered into a partnership with the Bail Project in December of last year. Because we obviously, like you said at the beginning, we knew cash bail was ending and we wanted to be ready. And we wanted to be ready to offer supports to clients who are going to be released back into their community, which the Bail Project, the National Bail Project has been doing for several years across the country. So it was a wonderful partnership. And what we have been doing is going to the jail every day and interviewing all the clients who are arrested every day in Central Bondport. And we do an intake process. And what we have seen by interviewing these folks who have just been arrested is that the greatest need that they identify to us is housing. Right? They need a place to lay their head. They need a place to be with their family. And when you think about it, Craig, if you are released from jail and you do not have a place to go, what trajectory is that gonna bring, right? Are you gonna be thinking about coming back to court? Are you possibly gonna not be able to get stable enough so that you don't re-offend? We don't want that, right? We wanna be ready. Um, And so the partnership with the bail project was perfect for that. It's called community release with support. And what we are offering these clients in this instance, we found the Chicago Low Income Housing Trust Fund as a partner. So now the three of us are working together so that our young men and women who are released from Cook County Jail every day, who have housing instability can get housing. And if you have housing, right? And you have a place to lay your head, just like if you have food in your stomach, Craig, Then you can take care of your other supports that you need like your mental health treatment or substance abuse treatment or just getting to and from court, right? Meeting with your lawyer to talk about your case. So at LCLC, we have case management, and now we also have community release with support um, specialists who will link these clients to the housing trust fund so that they can be successful while their cases are pending and successful in their lives going forward.
2: And does housing insecurity, it's not just that people are homeless, uh it 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 seems as if you know going home might not be a good idea in some cases. Uh that the home itself might I mean can you talk a little bit about that in either one of you? Um the, of, of the things that could make uh it impossible or at least a bad idea for people to go back to where they were before. Yeah, and I'll
3: say for oh, oh, oh go okay. ahead and okay.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, uh, you know. You're, you're absolutely correct um, in asking that question um, the benefit of the program particularly when we are partnering with us here at the trust fund um, is that you can go anywhere in the city of Chicago and a lot of people who come out or individuals who do come out of jail you know they're trying to escape those neighborhoods where they've experienced past traumas right and so um, to to go back to those uh, those areas may not be uh, you know the best the best idea so the city of Chicago, uh, Low-income housing trust fund. We allow you to go anywhere in the city of Chicago, but uh, where there is a willing, participating landlord, uh, and this also uh, allows you to move into areas where your your support system and your resources may be may be found. Um, and so, um, you're right. This is a this is a great program. And, and Amy, I'll let you speak a little bit on that as well.
3: Well, I was just going to say most people are going to be returning to the communities that they came from, Craig. And what we want to do, what we're doing at Lawndale Christian Legal Center through the Community Release with Support Program is offering them the supports that they never had in the community where they live. One right. of those supports, obviously, is housing, but the other supports are so needed too. Um, not only just transportation to and from court so you don't miss your court date but those other social services like mental health treatment, substance abuse treatment, um, employment, right? We're linking our clients to employment. Our young folks um, who might want to get back in school, we're getting them back into school, helping someone get a driver's license. They, all these supports work together, but we have identified by interviewing everybody at the jail every day, that housing is such an incredible need. And we've known that. I've known that my entire career as a public defender, You know, and if people have a a place to lay their head and they feel safe, like Anissa said, this is safe, stable housing. This might be the first time, right, that they've ever really had safe, stable housing. It might just be a few blocks from where they lived before, but it's a different type of environment. It's a different type of apartment. And they don't have that economic hold over them, right? Because the trust is funding this for them. So only 30% of their income has to go towards their rent and heat is included and they can stay there long term. And Anissa can talk to more about that, but this is a whole different ball game here. And this yeah. is really yeah. going to bring success for these clients and, and better outcomes in their case.
2: Yeah. And, tell me, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the services and is this a case where the clients, uh, the, 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 the people who are uh, facing these charges have to opt in and say okay i agree to uh to accept the services or to to at least talk to people about what services they might need
3: we this is a completely voluntary program when we do interview the clients at the jail every day we tell them who we are that we're lawndale christian legal center that we are We have this contract with the bail project, and we want to help them with supports if they want them, if they need them. This is not a condition of bond. Um, This is to help them when they get home on that I bond that we are there for them. So it is completely voluntary. But what we have found, Craig, doing this just for the past few months already, being in the jail every day, that people do want support. Mm -hmm. And they are willing to let us help them. And that's why it's successful. This isn't a forced program. This isn't forced housing or forced mental health treatment. This is something that is going to bring success to them for the rest of their lives.
2: You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. We're talking about bail reform and housing with Anissa Lambert Garrett. Director of the Chicago Low Income Housing Trust Fund and Amy Campanelli, Vice President of the Lawndale Christian Legal Center. Um, Anisa, uh, how many people can be served on the by this program?
4: Well, right now we have partnered with um, the Lawndale Christian Legal Center, the Bell Project for uh, twenty households. However, um, that's the pilot, uh, so we wanted to get an idea how this was going to to uh, work or pan out, and so we are open and available to bring in on additional units um, as the need presents itself. Uh, Currently, the Chicago Law Income Housing Trust Fund uh, partners with over uh, 800 landlords in the city of Chicago, and we serve about 3,000 families, which translates into about 8,000 individuals. And so uh, we've been around for about 33 years now, uh, thanks to the mayor, Harold Washington, uh, who was behind this program, and uh, so uh, the funding is is available now, uh, and so we're very happy that we can uh, uh, subsidize and support the Bell Project uh, in their housing initiative.
2: Uh, when you are talking about what the overall mission of the uh, of the trust fund is, just dealing with uh, with poor people, but when you are talking about people who are accused of crimes, how willing or how easy is it to find landlords willing to take those clients?
4: Yeah, and I can let Amy speak to that since they are the locators of, of the of properties. Um, however, what we're finding is that we, we have initiatives that support various um, um, uh, you know, supports here in the city of Chicago. Um, and we find that landlords are so willing to participate because there's a benefit to the landlord. If they know who they're supporting, you have those who will be willing to do that. Um, the, I think the draw to the program is that they're they sure to have a stable income, right? Uh, we pay landlords upfront and in advance. So like right now on a quarterly basis, I'm paying out, I'm paying for the months of January, February, February. I'm sorry, uh, what are we in? July, August, and September, third quarter. Uh, and so we pay quarterly and we pay in advance. And so that's a big draw uh, for landlords. Uh, and then another thing is that they're able to choose residents based on their own screening criteria, provided they meet the program description. Uh, so they have that flexibility. Uh, and it's an annual agreement. So if after a year they decide they don't want to move forward, they have the option to opt out or add additional units. So um, just overall, uh, we're finding that landlords are very receptive to our program. And the Bell Project and Londo Christian Legal Center have been doing an outstanding job in onboarding landlords for this um, initiative in and of itself. Amy, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to add that just like Anissa said, we haven't been having any trouble with landlords in the communities. Uh, because of the program as it's set up through the Chicago Low Income Housing Trust Fund. But one thing that you have here is that the landlords um, know that Lawndale Christian Legal Center is going to support the tenant while they are living in that apartment. We are, remember, this is someone like you said, Craig, who's justice involved and has a case pending in the system. So we are in contact with our clients and we are, uh, Telling them, you know, and helping them with every need that they need met. So, if something's going on with the landlord and there's a question for the tenant and or the landlord needs to get a hold of the tenant, they they're calling us. We are sort of this this other person, this other entity here, who will help make sure that that tenant is successful in that home. Um, It's just a wonderful, wonderful partnership, and. We've placed, I think, six folks already. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but we've just started. And I think we have over 50 landlords who have already bought in um, to this program with these clients, like you said, who are just as involved and have cases pending. Remember, for so long, this population has been put aside, right? The population that is so in need of social supports like housing. We've got to get our head out of the sand and help these folks who deserve our help and don't want to be couch surfing. They don't want to live on the streets. They want to be able to be in a stable and safe home in a community that they love and be supported.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll add to Craig, the Chicago Local Housing Trust Fund, we've been trying to do a program like this for quite some time. Uh, it's just that we weren't able to find uh, an agency or agencies such as Londo Christian Legal Center, the Bell Project, who provided the comprehensive wraparound services. That is critical. And again, as Amy pointed out, once landlords know that that is available to them and they're going to have a steady income coming in, they are open to supporting this demographic. And that's the beauty of this partnership.
2: What's the time frame for this being a pilot versus when it's a full go and is it, a, is it a, an issue of funding? In other words, are you gonna have to go back and ask uh, a, a, well, ask either your benefactors or the county government? I'm not sure who supplies all the money and you can tell me that, um, but is that part of the, uh, the decision?
4: Yeah, the pilot program will go until we house the 20 families. Uh, and once um, that has been done, then we will go back for additional funding. Uh, the Chicago Low Income Housing Trust Fund, our funding comes from the City of Chicago's uh, Affordable Requirements Ordinance and from the state of Illinois through their rental housing support program. So we have ongoing recurring funding every year. Um, and so when those dollars are made available, uh, we will be sure to support additional subsidies for Lawndale Christian Legal Center. so we have the dollars now and And from
3: my point of view craig as long as the clients are in need of housing i hope this program never ends right
2: (laughs) (laughs) no surprise but Mm -hmm. uh, amy Amy campanelli i'm going to probably call on part of your experience as a public defender for for this next part because i hear from a number of people in law enforcement and public office Basically saying no cash bail means we're going to be putting violent criminals back on the streets. Uh, first, isn't the system supposed to be designed to keep violent people locked up ahead of trial?
3: Well, there, you can't determine that someone is violent just from the charge they have committed, right? There's a whole process that's put into place with the new Safety Act and all of the Pretrial Fairness Act conditions that are gonna start in January. So there's gonna be a bail hearing, uh, a conditions hearing where a judge will determine after hearing all of the evidence and the risk factors on whether or not this human being who stands before that judge should be released from custody and is not a danger to an individual or a willful flight risk. So that is the law and the judges will follow the law And after the law is, you know, full blown in January, many more people will be released appropriately who are not a safety risk and who have a right to fight their case in the community. Remember, as you've heard many times before, Craig, someone is innocent until they are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Just because you are charged with an offense does not mean that you are a safety risk or that you are violent. So that determination will be made in a court of law. And then we are there to support those folks to make sure they come to court and don't miss their court dates and get warrants, to make sure that they have their social needs um, met to keep them on the right path. Just like I said, if you don't have a home or a place to lay your head, you don't have food in your belly, um, you don't have someone looking out for you, yes, that could increase the likelihood that you could re-offend, right? So we are thinking outside the box. We have been on top of this since December of 2021 with the National Bail Project, and we are ready for the end of cash bail. And the judges will know that we are out there supporting these folks that they release back in the community.
2: And since this has been going on and is anticipated, I I guess people would like to think that, judges are starting to move in those directions, are we seeing judges making the kinds of decisions where, because let's face it, a lot of this is going to fall on the judges. They are the ones who are going to be saying either this person can be freed or must stay locked up. It's not whether I can make half a million dollar bail and as opposed to just saying, no, you can't get out. Uh, are we seeing judges making the kinds of decisions that are consistent with this goal?
3: Well, I think this has been obviously a long process here for Cook County, right? When Chief Judge Evans entered that order 18.8A back in, I believe, September of 2017, we changed the way we do bail hearings. We changed the culture. Instead of locking everyone up, who is not a flight risk and not a danger, which is what we did for decades and decades and caused mass incarceration and was completely um, racially inequitable to certain classes of people from certain neighborhoods. We did what the law required. We, we changed the way we were supposed to be doing things forever. And now with the new law, the judges will follow the law. They must, right? They will have to follow the law. They will have to release clients who are not a threat to anyone individually or not a, a willful flight risk. And, um, you know, there's always a, a next court if the judge doesn't follow the law. But I believe that we are seeing the judges already getting ready for the end of cash bail. We've been looking at bond court every day, looking at the amounts of bonds. There still are small cash bonds that are being set, like $3,000, $4,000. So um, that's going to have to stop. That's just going to stop. And um, if it doesn't, obviously there are uh, a way to hold judges accountable if they do not follow the law. But I do believe that this has been a long process already happening, Craig, with the judiciary, with what uh, Chief Judge Evans' leadership here in bail reform And I think the judges are ready to make the right decisions and understand that they must follow the law.
2: And Anissa Lambert Garrett, uh, are there things that, aside from law enforcement, that government could be doing more to help people who might be freed? Or are there enough services to help these people?
4: Yes, yes, good question. what government could be doing more of is, of course, we all know, is providing the funding. Uh, the programs are there, uh, programs like the Chicago long income Housing Trust Fund. Uh, the support services are there, uh, but they cannot function without the proper monetary resources, right? Um, for example, with the trust fund, the more funding that we have, the more families we can support. Um, Just this year alone, we did get an influx of funding from the city of Chicago in the amount of $5 million to put additional affordable housing on the street. Uh, Just in the last less than two years, about a year and a half, we supported an additional 600 families. uh, And we're still adding more, uh, including those that we are partnering with the Bell Project on. Uh, So funding... Uh, and, and and programs so mental health support uh, is also a big. We're finding with some of the uh, participants in the program, uh, and job placement. Uh, those are the key things. It's wraparound services, a comprehensive plan uh, or strategy for self-sufficiency. Uh, that's important. So I think that's what the city uh, or government can do.
2: Uh, Amy Campanelli, what is you're looking at it more from the enforcement and incarceration end? What's on your wish list?
3: Well, I think obviously funding needs to be um, received in the communities, right? In the community organizations that are doing the good work. Organizations in these communities that have been disinvested for so long need this money. And they need the money to take more clients who are justice involved, right? Whether they're coming out of jail or they're coming home from prison, um, or they're, they've had a case and it's been dismissed, but that doesn't mean that they don't need services just because their legal case has gone away, right? And I always say, Craig, you know, when, when you help one person, right, it's not just that one person you're helping. You know, everybody's connected to um, another individual or a family, and that family is connected to that community. So the more people that we can help with whatever their needs are, right? I don't wanna tell anyone what their needs are and say that everybody needs these type of services. We identify those needs. We then hook them up to the organizations who will help them with those needs and get them on the right path to, so they don't have to um, harm someone or commit a crime or go back into the system. you know. And it's cost-effective, right? I mean, everybody knows that prison and jail are very expensive, probation, the, the system itself is is just is churned and churned and churned all this money. If you take some of that money away and you give it to the communities to be preventative on the front end um, and get um, our clients into needed programs, whatever that is, then it is cost effective and we save money in the end.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you both very much. Uh, That was Amy Campanelli with the Lawndale Christian Legal Center. And thanks also to Anissa Lamberth-Garrett of the Chicago Low-Income Housing Trust Fund. Both of you, thank you for spending the time with us. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcast on Odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM.